Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. Y'all good? All right. (laughs) I love y'all. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I hope you guys had a... um, had a great week um, so far. It's it's it wasn't as hot today, so that's good. Uh, Pastor Brandon and I walked out to his car earlier, and it was tolerable. We were like, it has, it's not that bad, you know. You still got that death wind blowing at you, but it wasn't terrible. So I hope your week has been well. If you don't know me, I'm the kids pastor here. My name is Andy, um, and that's why I was pushing so hard for these kids. Um, it's important, y'all. It's important. They are the future, and we need to get them situated, ready, prepared, prayed up. Am I making sense? I know y'all got kids. I know they're in the back right now screaming. <laughs> screaming. Y'all know how it is. So, let's just jump in. Maybe y'all will get a little bit excited here. Last week, if you remember, last week we talked about... Uh, we talked about... Jo- or, I was going to say Joseph. Wow, we talked about Joshua, Moses, a little bit about Elijah. And we talked about their obedience um, in their calling, right? We talked about what they had to do, how far they had to go, and how tough that must have been to make that happen. But had it not been for their obedience um, and everything that they had to push through, then the Israelites never would have made it to the promised land, right? It was their obedience that was for someone else, right? It was important for Joshua and them to uh, finish, finish the race so that everybody could win. Am I making sense? Were you here last week? Raise your hand if you were here last week. Praise God. So, um, leadership, in, in, in their case, leadership is is a calling. We talked a little bit about that and um, how, you know, this was something that was picked long before we were ever conceived, before we ever took our first cry into this world. Um, We were picked and equipped to do what we needed to do. It's a calling and it looks a little bit different for everybody, okay? Am I making sense? It looks a little different for for me than it would for you. Um, The leadership uh, in your home, right? Raise your hand if you're the leader in your home. Uh, Your spiritual leader. We need to thank God tonight. I hope you would take a little bit of time and pray for your leadership um, this evening. Um, Both, you know, at the church, um, in your spiritual lives, in your spiritual journeys. Um, Your boss man, um, you get it, right? Raise your hand if you don't like your... Don't raise your hand if you don't like your boss, man. Just kidding. Just kidding. Leadership is, is crazy, y'all. It's, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult. It's, it's stressful. And at times, it can be very intimidating. Um, it can be hard to uh, push through the rough and tough times, especially when people are counting on you, when they're staring at you. Um, it's hard to maneuver through those times. Um, 
I say all that to say it, 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 you have to realize that when you step into a place, a leadership role of any kind, that you have to, you got to realize first and foremost that this isn't going to be, uh, as uh, Pastor Brandon put it, it's not a linear route. Okay, this sucker is going to go up and down, up and down. We're going to have times where everything is great. Uh, kids are doing well. Volunteers are showing up. They're, they're good. They're not calling in. You got more than you, than, more than you can handle. Um, employees are doing great. If you're a business owner, you, you've got a, you're fully staffed. And so you'll have these highs where you can relax, enjoy the moment. You can breathe, right? And then the next day you'll have an extreme low where three guys walk out or whatever the case may be and before you know it your hands are dirty you're wearing five different hats and doing six different jobs and it's just not a good time anymore fun time is over right but tonight we can talk about boss man all we want but tonight I want to talk about the leader that is buried inside you raise your hand if you're a leader so you could be a leader in your house okay maybe it's your kids that you lead maybe you're a company owner you're a business owner and and you've got thousands of employees and they're all depending on you in either case the leadership is there right there is um there is a responsibility that comes along with that because at that point, whether it's uh, 12 or 2,500, you have influence over those people's lives, good or bad. I used the, the uh, example last week with teachers and, and, and mainly because they, they come across so many students in such a short amount of time, they have, they have influence in those students' lives and they have the ability to either build them up or break them down you know breathe life into them help them help them pursue their goals figure out what those goals are or tear them down tell them they're going to be nothing right that power if you will is within your control influence is a crazy word it's the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. Everybody say the effect. Here's the thing. When you guys, when we accepted Jesus, okay, when we were baptized by the Holy Spirit, when we accepted that role, we accepted a responsibility that came along with it. Um, both to, to you, right, and the people that, you, that are surrounding you. You're following people. Your kids. The people that look up to you. The people that look to you for guidance. It's your responsibility to make sure that they are guided in the right direction. Yes? The more knowledge you have of God's will, the more you are accountable for doing it. Everybody hear that? I'm going to read it one more time because I don't think you heard it. The more knowledge you have of God's will, the more you are accountable for doing it. We are responsible for what we know. Yes? 
Raise your hand if you got your Bible. Put your Bible in the air. I want to see it. Put your Bible in the air. Your phone doesn't count. Put it down, shelves. Every time. Thank you. That's the biggest iPad I've ever seen in my life, sir. <laughs> Turn with me to Romans 1, 18. I mean, Stevie Wonder could read that thing, man. Golly. <laughs> Sorry. That was probably inappropriate. Are you there? Say, I'm there. All right, for, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness suppress and stifle the truth. Verse 19 says, Because that which is known about God is evident within them, and for God made it evident to them. Verse 20 says, Forever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made, so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without, everybody say without, excuse, and without, everybody say without, defense. So no excuse, no defense. Are you with me? There's some of us uh, in the room today that know, know that we have this responsibility, yet we refuse to accept it. Um, we feel that we feel that we're not able to uh, lead. We're, we're, we're afraid to try um, we, we're stuck in our heads jumbling around all of these thoughts and, and troubles and, and, and just trying to figure out everything that God has already equipped you to do. Are you with me? The list of reasons um, on why you won't do something like this, on, on why you won't step out, on why you won't um, be the leader that you were made to be is, is long to say the least. It's long. I took the top three and just ran with it. I won't spend too much time on it, but I, I believe that these three are um, probably the most common. And also, the, I, I know them because, I know them well, because I, I deal with these things, right? Currently, if I can be transparent. Can I be transparent? We're all family, right? Yes? Look at your neighbor and say we're family. Good stuff. So the first one, write this down. The first one is comparison. I've talked a little bit about comparison before, but um, we don't accept the, the, the position because we feel we aren't on the same level as the other people in the field. Right? I could easily compare myself to Bishop Jakes, but that would be foolish, right? Because the man's been in the game for some years. He's got years and years. And he is somebody that I like to watch and I like to listen to and I love, the, his, I love his perspective on things. But at the same time, I have to remember that God has him in a certain place and he has me in a certain place. And our places may never meet, but I am right where God needs me to be in this moment. Are you with me? 
Number two. Everybody say number two. These aren't even numbered, really. They're not. In my notes, they're just on there. I just threw in it. Let's say B. Let's call it B. Are you ready? Say B. Perfect. I think I like letters better. Second one is jealousy. Everybody say jealousy. Raise your hand if you've ever been jealous before. Now, I think when we say things like jealousy, we, we tend to... Uh, automatically think of relationships and things like that. You know, the jealous wife, the jealous husband, um, jealous boyfriend, whatever the case may be. I think that's, that's where our mind automatically goes. But where we're, when we're in the workplace, how many of you ever had the, um, the issue where, where you feel like it should have been you that got that management position or that pay raise or or the company car, the company... It should have been you instead of the person that actually got it, right? And so because of that jealousy, now there's resentment and all these other problems that come along with it because you can't look at that person in the same light because they basically, in your mind, they stole from you. So jealousy, it's, it's, it's straight from the devil, y'all. I'm just going to say it. Jealousy. We want to win above all else and get upset when others on our team do it first or do better than you. And the fact of the matter is, maybe they're just better than you. Ever thought about that? Maybe you're not as good at something as you thought you were. I've been there. I thought I could dance one time. Listen. I'd show you, but we'd never get back on track. <laughs> never. The third one is pride. Pride. You can't effectively lead if no one will follow. Right? You cannot effectively lead if no one will follow. That's not leading. That's just walking. And no one will follow as long as you're prideful. As long as you are stuck in your, this is, you know, this was all me. This was all me. I did that thing. Y'all didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? Glad y'all could back me up, but you know what I mean? Like, did y'all see me playing them drums in there? You know what I mean? Like, Joe and them were just hanging out. But I did all the work, really. See how stupid that sounds? I said, yeah, stupid. It sounds stupid. I'm sorry. Pride stands in the way of your ability to compromise, apologize, and connect. Everybody say connect. Connect with those who follow you. That makes sense? I think when, 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 I even feel funny saying people that follow you because it, it just sounds weird, right? It, we don't think about people who, you know, people that we lead as, as followers of us. That's not really, I guess, what they are. But nonetheless, they look to you for guidance, right? They look to you uh, for direction. Um, you may have different um, skills that, that they don't have yet, right? So they look to you to teach, right, to help. But if you're so 
wrapped up in your own ego, they're never going to come to you. You're not approachable. Why would they? All they're going to do is learn how to pick up your bad attitude and the toxic traits that you carry around. Yes? I used to have some real problems with pride. I don't anymore. I'm lying up here at the pulpit. Just kidding. I do struggle with pride. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I think we all do to some extent. Right? I feel still that... Um, I still feel that, that I can do, I can fix it. Fixing things is what I've done for years and years, right? The, that's all I've ever done is either fix or build or, or something. So when something breaks, my mind automatically goes, I can fix that. I can fix that. And my problem is, is that if it's a physical problem, if it's a broken table, a chair, a door, a window, I can fix that. But if it's a broken heart, you got broken emotions, right, you're stuck in depression, I automatically want to fix that. I want to help you with that. I want to try, and I probably will. But it's not my place to fix. I can't fix you as much as I want. But I am, I want to be that fixer, right? So I still try anyway, longer than I should. When the first response should be, hey, Lord, we got a problem here. You guys can King James your prayers if you want to, but when I talk to God, I tell listen up, man. I got an issue. I got an issue, and I don't know how to fix it. It's response one. Are you with me? I got way off my notes on that. I'm sorry. This is all important because um, we have to know what to watch for within ourselves. Right? When we step into a leadership role, we have to know, okay, hey, I'm becoming a little bit prideful. I'm becoming this, that, or the other. We have to be able to recognize it. Right? So we have to be able to self-reflect and recognize it. It's also important because we have to be able to recognize this in the people that we are currently following. Just because you are following someone doesn't mean that that person is the person that you should be following. Sometimes that person is full of these traits that is just rubbing off on you. I, I worked for a man for a long time. I love him to death. He taught me everything I know. But nothing I ever did for years and years for that man was good enough. It, there, was, there, was, there was looking back on it. I, I put up with uh, toxic traits for years, years and years. And again, he's calmed down. A lot, you know, as he's gotten older. I love the man to death. We have a great relationship. But there was a time where I questioned who I was following. Right? And the only reason I stuck around was because of the skill that I could gain out of it. I don't know if that's a good excuse or not. But what I did get was a whole lot of mental and um, verbal abuse out of the deal. You know, so the people that you follow, the people that you follow aren't necessarily the people that you should be following. So there is some reflection and some time to sit back and look at those people and see what's the deal. Is this the right person for me? Right? Mentorship is real. We all need one. But those people have to be carefully selected. Are you with me? We have to know um, our role in, in, in the leadership position. 
We can't just get the title and then call it, you know, what it is. Well, I'm, I'm the lead now. You listen to me. How well you think that's going to go? I'm the lead now. I'm in charge. So you do what I say. No questions asked. Got it? If, um, if we don't know our role, if we don't understand it, we can't complete it. It's as simple as that. So, now I got numbers. Are y'all ready for these numbers? I got four of them. Everybody say four. Four. Awesome. Number one. Write this down. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Number one is stay ready. Stay ready. 2 Timothy 4 and 2 says, Preach the word, be ready to do it, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Correct, confront, and encourage. Everybody say encourage. Encourage. Encourage with patience and instruction. When I say stay ready, y'all, I'm talking about stay ready to learn, stay ready to teach, stay ready to comfort, to work. We have to lead by example. Are you with me? I would much rather have somebody working with me than pointing fingers. Right? We're down in the trenches together. We have to lead by example. Sometimes when I was talking earlier about wearing all the different hats, that's you getting dirty. Right? You, you can't be afraid to work. You can't be an effective leader and be um, the lazy one on the crew. Am I making sense? It won't take long for somebody to call you out on it. This means that if the time comes for you to have to turn around and sit in the learner's chair, this is where pride comes back in, okay? Where you have to turn around and sit in the learner's chair, you need to be okay with that. It's okay not to be the smartest one in the room. I prefer it. I prefer to be the dumbest one in the room. That's how I learn best. Right? I like asking a lot of questions. And to be honest, sometimes them questions sound stupid. They just sound dumb. You ever raise your hand and be like, dumb question, dumb question. And then they say something like, there's no dumb questions here. <laughs> then you ask the question and in their mind they're like, this guy just asked a stupid question. It's hard. Hey, <laughs> we have to be willing to put our pride aside, like I said, take direction and correction from other people. Taking correction is hard. It's difficult uh, because sometimes you don't see the problem just yet. Somebody has to point it out to you, and point out the scenario. It's a little bit easier after, but our first reaction is to go to defense, right? We get offended, we go straight to defense. Somebody says, hey, well, um, you know, you're, you're, you didn't clean this room or, or your office is dirty. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You go straight to the oh yeah in your mind. Oh yeah? Well, yesterday I saw you come out the bathroom and you make up something dumb. All for the fact of defense. It's your first reaction. It's our first response. Instead of shut up, listen, give it a second, process it, and then respond. And sometimes that uh, being quiet part and that um, giving it time part doesn't happen right away. And that's okay. We have to realize that sometimes it's, we just got to walk away. 
Give it a second. Walk away. Let's give it an hour. We'll come. Let's meet back up in an hour. How about that? And we'll chat it out. So, I know some of you guys may not believe it. This is going to be a hard pill to swallow, but I'm, I'm a bit hard-headed at times. I like, to, I like to speak before I think. And um, I don't necessarily like it. I don't want to say I like it, but I do it. Right? I do it quite a bit. I know I'm not the only one. Y'all can look at me like that if you want to, but I know there's some folks in here that do the same thing. Yeah. I can't mention no names. We have to stay in this place of humility so that when opportunities arise where we have to step into a leadership role, we are prepared. Everybody say, we are prepared. prepared. Number two, say number two. Leadership is a choice. Yes? Yes. Most people turned away from from being or allowing themselves to to be placed into a, a, a place of leadership out of fear. Right? Um, this is, again, something that I did myself. I, I, I ran for my calling for years because I, I, I was afraid. I was afraid that I would freeze up, uh, that, that I would forget the words, I would, I'd run out of words, that I'd fall on stage, all, all kinds of... It's easy when you get to sit back here and sit down, right? You're really not in anybody's view. Easy peasy. Up here, different story. So I ran from it. I didn't want nothing to do with it. I know I'm not the only one that does that stuff. You guys are mighty quiet like you're judging me. It's okay. <laughs> Throw rocks if you want to. We're not forced, though, to do anything. That's my point, y'all. It's, it is a choice, right? So I could be asked all day long, hey, can you lead this team? Hey, can you, can you lead this, this group? We're going to go over here and we're going to do this. And my answer can always be no, right? But how many of you know that There's only so many times you can say no before God will make it happen. And when it happens, when he makes it happen, you kind of wish. It's like back in the day when mom was like, "Um, go clean your room. And then you'd go play. And you'd go back outside. You'd come back in and she'd say, go clean your room. And then about the third or fourth time, if you were lucky, she would say, okay, wait in your room for your dad to get home. Am I the only one that got whooped? Don't play. (laughs) Don't play. Dad would pick up the phone and he'd say, hey, grab my belt away from me in the room. Man. I should have just listened. Cleaned the room. I could have been outside playing Ryan. Now I'm about to get wore out. God has a funny way of doing things and making things happen. He'll open door after door after door hoping that you will walk through it. Free will is alive and well, y'all. It is alive and well. And if you refuse, and you refuse, and you refuse, eventually, your choice in the matter is going to be taken away. Does that make sense? We're not forced to do anything. The running that we continue to do is disobedience. Plain and simple. It's a choice, your choice, but it's still disobedience. Number three, leadership is a gift. Write that down. Leadership is a gift. 
It's not something that we gained on our own. We were, we were placed strategically. I've said that over and over again. I want to drive that home. I want to make sure that you know that the role that you are in, whether it's business life, family life, the role that you have was not by accident. I want to make sure that you understand that. This is not by accident. Everybody say not by accident. Praise God. If, um, so, you know, Jesus was walking around. He built his disciples over time, right? How I many you know that wasn't random? So he didn't just pick, you know, random folks that, that he passed. And you know what, that guy, I don't, I don't have a redhead. I don't have a, a, a brunette. Like, he looks like he can carry some things. I'm going to grab that guy. It wasn't like that. He knew what he was getting before he picked him. You remember when he's walking and Andrew, he meets, he meets Andrew and, and they get to talking and as soon as that conversation is over, what does Andrew do? He ran. And he got his brother. Right? Immediately, the Bible says immediately. I'll just read it to you. How about that? John 141. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version if you guys are wondering. But uh, John 141 says, He first looked and found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah. Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which translates to Peter. You with me? We picked up Andrew. Okay? That was no mistake. Jesus knew that Andrew would go straight to his brother and grab Simon. Without him having that interaction, without that happening, we'd have no walking on water. We'd have no Peter. Uh, Peter preached at the day of Pentecost. You think that would have happened? Uh, there's a whole lot of strategic planning that goes along with the people that he picked. Are you with me? This was a gift. Peter went on to do some amazing things. It, it was no fluke or coincidence that he ended up in the group. And he was close with Jesus. They, it wasn't just one of the 12. I mean, he was in the top. He was one of the top dogs, right? But Peter was great because um, I love him. I feel like I can relate to him the most. Peter was a loud mouth as well. He liked to speak you know, before he thought. And Jesus had to correct him quite a bit. Are you with me? I jumped way ahead in my notes, y'all. It's strategic, though. Strategic. Raise your hand if you own a business, small or large. Mr. and Mrs. Business Owner, higher-ups in your, in your companies, uh, coaches, Teachers, you were placed in your position strategically. Yes, everybody say, I was placed. Because he has a plan. To believe that you got where you are, successful or not, I'm sure that your businesses are doing well, they're thriving, but to believe that you got where you are on your own, unassisted, not led by anyone, is foolish and arrogant. That plan, again, set in motion long ago, long ago. Um, it, it's, it's our responsibility, though, in those places to use our resources, all of them, to reach people. These re resources, they're not ours, right? They're in our possession. We use them. 
But they don't belong to us. These resources were given. They were, they were we borrowing them things. Yes? That means all of, all of the resources that you have. Your house. Everything. Your, your position at work. Your age. Your taste in music. Your craft. Your favorite football team. We won't talk football teams in here. Your favorite books, foods, desserts, the list goes on and on. When I was in, I was in a youth camp uh, when I was probably about, I don't know, 15 or 16, and there was a kid that wouldn't leave the dorm. He was about my age. He wouldn't leave the dorm. Um, he just wasn't comfortable around everybody else. It was his first year at camp. He brought this little drum pad, small little electronic drum pad. My youth leader came to me at the time, and he said, hey, man, you can use that drum pad to reach that kid. I was playing drums at the time. Um, and so we got, we got to talking. I'd love to tell you that I prayed for that kid and we set him free that night. It didn't work that way, but I believe that a seed was planted that night. And to be 100% honest with you, I don't know what came of that, that talk. We talked forever about music. We liked the same type of music. Obviously, we like drumming. Um, but it was, a, it was a way in. It was a way to open the door and, and enter into that conversation. I was getting a haircut a while back. Anthony was cutting my hair. Where are you at, Anthony? So Anthony was cutting my hair, and we were talking about the church and, and, and you know, some ideas that he had and some things. And, and I told him, I'm like, bro, you have somebody stuck in your chair for 45 minutes. Like, literally. Once you make that first, once you do the first one, start talking Jesus, bro. What are they going to do? Like, I don't want nothing to do with this conversation. I'm out, you know. Okay. You know, they're going to go out with half their hair gone. You know, it's cool. You have their ear, right, for 40, at least 45 minutes, right? 30, 45 minutes, depending, whatever the case may be. But Anthony does a great job of doing this. I see his videos of, you know, people, him talking to people and using the resources that he has to be able to reach people for for Jesus. We can do the same thing in our jobs everywhere. That's just a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a barber shop, but we can, do it, uh, we can do it at the gym. We can do it at the school, uh, wherever. Wherever you work, you use something, anything to open the door and, op- and start that conversation. Are you with me? That's valuable time you have with these people, so use every bit of it. Speak love. Love hard, y'all. Be the leader that he meant for you to be. The opportunity for, for, for you to speak Jesus to people is all around us. Um, there's a whole lot of pride and embarrassment that will keep you from doing it. It's happened to me before. Um, a few times. Right? There's too many people around. The, they're... Whatever the case may be, you know the history. They don't. There's something. There's excuses that will start to fill your head, but cannot penetrate your heart. And so, when you set forth to go and pray for someone, I promise you, you will plant a seed for that person that for that person that uh, that feels like you're never going to reach that person. It is possible. Okay, it's just one tiny step at a time. I said that last week. 
Baby steps. Baby steps. It is possible. It's just one seed planting after another, one after another. And before you know it, they'll start asking questions. And let me tell you all, when they start asking questions, they're hooked. We got them. It's just a matter of answering them correctly and gently, being delicate with the conversation. It's not going to work every time. It's just simply not. People are going to call you crazy. They're going to look at you crazy. But understand this today. Your leadership in your household, your leadership in your workplace is valued. Yes, everybody say valued. It's recognized even on the tough days when it doesn't feel like it. It's appreciated. It's loved. Your leadership is powerful. It's motivating. But more than anything, it's necessary. Everybody say necessary. necessary. Trying to keep you all awake. Own it, y'all. Run with it. It is necessary. There's going to be plenty of times when you get shot down, you still planted a seed. When they tell you that that life isn't for me, you planted a seed. When you prayed for that family at the store or restaurant and you don't ever see them again, trust me, you planted a seed. Keep going. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. Verse 10 says, So then, while as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. Say spiritual well-being. And especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers. Be the leader that you wish you had. I'm going to say it one more time. Be the leader that you wish you had. I'm closing with this. I said earlier that your leadership is, is, is valued. The bottom line is, y'all, is that we are the we are the front line, right? We can we can um, we can teach our kids, our children, our, our our friends, our family. We can teach these people to live how they want, and and they can um, they can call on God like some type of insurance package. We can teach them that. We only sing and we only pray and we only worship whenever the lights are right and somebody's on stage and they're on keys and, and the music is right. When they're playing my jam, then that's, that's when God, God gets your best praise. Right? Or we can teach them that we lead from the front and no matter what it looks like or how long it takes, we will reach everybody that we can. And there is no fear and there is no shame in that. We'll do it anywhere. I'll do it in the ice cream section in the middle of Walmart. It makes no difference to me. In the parking lot, at the gas station, I don't care. I'll baptize you in a, in a, in a bathroom sink. I'm calling that a win. Maybe you, maybe you feel that maybe you feel like you're um, 
Maybe you feel like you, you can't because you're new, right? You can't speak Jesus to somebody because you yourself are a baby in this walk. I'm here to tell you that there's so much to learn as we grow. That process is never ending. We're constantly learning and constantly digging and finding new things and new perspectives. So to wait until the scenario is right, until you know or you think you know what you know, that's like waiting until you're financially prepared for a baby. Okay, when nobody says, that's not possible. Babies hurt the bank account. But if we wait, we're going to be waiting forever. And the opportunity may be lost. And for what? This doesn't happen overnight, y'all. I want to remind you that sometimes it's not your words. It's your actions. Sometimes it's the environment that you put people in that allows them to grow. So if you don't have the words, put your kid in the environment. That's inviting to church. That's why it's so important because you may not have the scripture and the words and, the, and back everything up with Bible verses. And this is where it says, you know, in John, you may not have all those answers. But what you can say is this is where my church is. And this is where people who think like me meet up on Sunday mornings. And this is where I've seen miracles happen over and over again. This is where I have my encounters. One of the places. I, I told a story last week about um, you know how much time I spent at my cousin's house growing up. And, um, and how I came to know how I came to know Jesus through, you know, that whole scenario. My parents knew, you know, as I went week after week after week after week, they knew that I was going to church, right? We used to have night services and morning services, right? So they knew at least twice a week um, I, was, uh, I was in a church service, three times a week. We had a Friday night, you know, and then two it was, it, was, it was a lot, right? So we spent a whole lot of time in church and around like-minded people. My parents could have very easily shut this down. Now, you, you've probably seen or met my parents here now. They're, they're in a different place than they were at that time. Right? And I praise God for it. But at that time, they were not churchgoers. None of us really were. So when I started going over here, it was different. It was new. It may have been a little bit intimidating for them. And they could have very easily shut it down. They could have very easily said, hey, you're not going there. You're not, I don't want you going to that church. I don't want, I don't, I, I don't agree with what they're saying. I don't, I don't, I don't want you listening to that. They could have shut it down. They could have said, you're not going. But I believe that I believe that in between all of the church services and the climbing trees and the setting things on fire and the stuff that we did as kids, you know, like the dumb stuff, you know, the encounters that happened in that small little church building. 
my parents knew what happened. And they also knew that those encounters were something that they couldn't give me themselves. They couldn't make happen. They didn't necessarily know how at the time. But they knew that they did. Sometimes, um, sometimes leadership means letting someone else help with this part and stepping back. I got a 13-year-old daughter that I have to trust with Pastor Brandon. It's an easy choice because he's great at what he does. But I know that there's things that she'll talk to him about and Alizé talk to her about that she'd never talk to me about. And I'm okay with that. As long as she makes it to the finish line with the help of other people, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Knowing your limitations in those moments is important. You have to know when it's time for us to stop. I'm going to stop trying. Don't discredit your leadership, y'all. Stand to your feet. The prayer team is going to come. And I, I want to... I want you to know that you can't discredit. You cannot discredit your abilities as a leader. Especially in your household. Again, you may not be using all these $20 words, these eloquent words. Um, and again, you may not be able to back it all up with Bible verses, but actions speak louder than words. I challenge you today to be, to be the leader that you were called to be. I challenge you to step up and step out of your comfort zone. I challenge you, I dare you, I dare you, to try something that you've never tried before to become something that you've never been. If you feel if you feel um, like you can't do it if you feel like you can't be that leader in your home I assure you that you're wrong. That is fear talking. If you feel that you can't be as good of a parent or as good as an employee as the person next to you or this other person that you may know, that's comparison talking. Again, that is incorrect. And sometimes all it takes is a small step of faith, a small little bit of obedience to step out and step into the leadership role that you were called to be in in your home we need a little strengthening sometimes right we need a little bit of a little bit of push we need a little bit of encouragement and that comes in your prayer time are you with me so i'm going to pray i'm going to pray 
And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time with it, but we would love, we would love to agree with you in prayer. Maybe you're struggling, but I promise you help is here. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for, for this evening, Lord God. We want to thank you for this beautiful, beautiful service, Father God. We want to thank you for the for entering the room, Father God, and for allowing us to be in your presence, Lord God. We want to thank you, Father, for the leadership that we have in our lives, Father. We want to thank you. We want to thank you for the abilities and the qualities and the character traits that you gave us to run with, Father God. We want to thank you for everything that you gave us to offer into somebody else's life, Father God. We want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to tap into those, those gifts, Father God, and be able to pour out into somebody else, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for the leadership that you've allowed us to participate in, Father. We love you. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church.